In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And for today's recording, I'm staying home right here in Prague in the Czech Republic. But our guest is reaching beyond borders and is calling in from Saskatoon, Canada. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you might be listening from today. Welcome back to our returning listeners. And if you are new, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues, such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations, to leadership issues such as gender balance and generational management, as well as business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes and Google Play. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from that motivates you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me, send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. Send me an email. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and you are a professional, a business person with a passion or an expert on a business subject, reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. We do have a worldwide audience. But even if you don't want to be a guest, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. And on to what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about today partnerships, partnerships and cooperations, because partnerships and cooperations are really on the rise. I mean, and there are all kinds of different kinds of partnerships and cooperations. I mean, there's partnerships between people such as even Williams and Biz Stone from Twitter build a great, successful company. There's partnerships between people and companies such as Oprah Winfrey and Apple. There's partnerships between businesses such as Apple and Nike, and there's new global partnerships such as BMW and Great Wall Motors bringing together German and Chinese businesses. And powerful partnerships are key to improving sales, revenues, margins, and profits, and that's basically why most of the people form partnerships. They are also the best way for you to increase your business success and grow your company. Partnerships help you increase market share, get qualified leads, differentiate yourself, give you a competitive edge, gain credibility, and close ratios and margins. But partnerships are also difficult to form. Finding the right partner and getting to a win-win position is a lot about identifying the right partner, finding out how you can help each other, and negotiating a win-win. At the end, partnerships and cooperation is about finding the best way to help your company grow. And today we're going to explore why partnerships and cooperations are important and how they can lead to revenue growth and how they are changing the shape of sales. We're going to speak with an expert in sales 
but also an expert in how to leverage good partnerships and increase sales and market share. Our guest today is George Leith. George Leith is the Chief Revenue Officer of Vendasta, an award-winning platform that helps agencies and media companies sell digital marketing solutions to businesses. With a track record of success in media promotion and marketing that spans three decades, George is driven to show the world that businesses can transform their sales and marketing in the digital area. He is a visionary, and he gets results. Doubling revenue year over year and optimizing revenue growth models, he's showing us those results. George leads marketing and sales strategies through to impeccable execution. He is a leading trainer in digital marketing space and has pioneered a vision that gives media companies and agencies the tools that allow their SMB clients, as small, medium business clients, is to survive and thrive. George knows that selling digital to local businesses isn't easy. Prospecting a chore, educating SMBs on the value of digital is an uphill battle, and scaling can seem complex. But this can also be made a little bit more simple with partnerships. And he has spoken to tens of thousands of people across North America in conferences and seminars, helping businesses overcome these difficulties. He's dedicated to educating others. And thank you for taking time, George, to be here on the show with us. Well, Kimberly, it's an absolute pleasure. I uh, enjoyed our last encounter a number of months ago. I was sitting in the Atlanta airport that day, so I'm way more comfortable here at our uh, headquarters (laughs) in Saskatoon. (laughs) <laughs> great. Well, it's great to have you reaching out from Saskatoon and great to have you back on the show. Now, last time on the show, we, we talked about um, sales and a lot of stuff has happened since then. And Vendasta has recently named in the Branham 300, which is a list of fastest growing information and communication technology companies in Canada as one of the fastest growing companies. So as Chief Revenue Officer, how do you feel about this? And can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, Branham 300 is a, is a list um, that really is a who's who of uh, information technology um, and communication in, in Canada. It's all of our major telcos. It's a lot of the uh, hardware manufacturers that are, that are here. So to be listed in that list alone is an accomplishment, but we uh, ranked at 130, which... Wow. Uh, you know, it, it just shows the, the hard work of our team of 260 that come in here every day to our headquarters in beautiful downtown Saskatoon. It, it's a testament to their work and the vision of the people that, that have been driving this organization. Mm-hmm. Well, that's congratulations. That's a fantastic accomplishment and congratulations to your team also. So in this growth that you have and being listed on this, are you seeing any trends in um, ICT companies in one area as more than opposed to another right now? Well, you know, all growth uh, comes from having a a great solution and then having a team that can articulate the value of that solution and build relationships. And, um, you know, to your listeners, they will know that building an effective sales organization is a massive challenge. Um, part of that is because sales is changing dramatically right before our eyes and, and at breakneck speed. And then the other issue is, is you've got to make a decision how you're going to go to market and what sort of revenue motions you're going to put in place. So when I was preparing for this interview, you know, it reminds me of a ongoing push and pull that I have. It's the, you know, the thing that maybe keeps me awake at night. We have a, a direct sales force here at Vendasta that goes out and acquires partnerships. 
mm-hmm. um, and we have uh, been dedicated to a channel partnership arrangement. And um, I love our channel partnership arrangement. I think it's a fantastic way to grow an organization. But of the 19,542 salespeople that have a login to our platform, I can't really tell you who they're pitching and what their presentation looks like and what expectations they're setting to those customers because we're a level removed. And any of your listeners that are involved in channel partnerships know that Ah, it would be great if we just had a sales team of 200 people. We'd know exactly what they're doing and we could manage their pipelines and we would know that at the end of the week we could see this much revenue. So what I found is those of us that have been dedicated to channel partnerships and I have a number of people in the space that um, I consider friends and uh, that we're colleagues and we're, we're all pulling in the same direction. We we lament some days that oh, wouldn't it be great if we had a direct sales team because we've, we've made the decision not to do both. Now, there are organizations that do both. And I think you actually have had some guests on your show of organizations that have channel partner relationships and then they have a direct sales force. But what happens in that instance is your channel partners sometimes feel like they're competing with the factory. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that can be a huge challenge. So, you know, the word that keeps coming up is partnerships. And I believe that actually partnerships is what sales is all about. Mm-hmm. The best customers that you have in your organizations are the ones that see you as a partner and not that see you as a vendor. And and when we're doing QBRs, and if I hear the word vendor come up in a QBR with a customer, I know that we haven't done enough to show them that we really are a true partner to their business. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, George, let me uh, let me back up for a minute and just talk a little bit for our listeners on 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 channel partnerships. So so uh, just for our listeners, what I'm understanding is you don't have a direct sales force. So what you're doing is you're finding partners that then are the sellers for you and how do you go about finding these partners i mean do you have any kind of criteria to look at because uh, you know the the end customers who you have in mind so you said you're kind of removed a little bit how do you find these partners for channel partners yeah, no, we're a technology partner. Um, par- we're a technology company at our heart. We have 110 software developers, and we're building software on a day-to-day basis. My job is to figure out a way to get that software in the hands of the end customer, which is an SMB if you're in North mm-hmm. America, and an SME if you're in the rest of the world. So those are the customers at the end of the day. We use a channel partnership arrangement where we go out and find organizations that want to sell our solution to their customers. So an example of that in uh, the United States would be the McClatchy Newspaper Company. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're in 29 markets, not selling as many quarter page ads in the Miami Herald as they used to. They have a sales force led by my friend Orlando Comas that is out selling digital marketing solutions and inside his stack are a whole bunch of Vendasta products. Orlando has a sales team of 50 people. I could phone him and ask him what presentations he has out in the street and what's in his pipeline today. Um, and But I'm counting on Orlando and his sales managers to bring home those orders that will impact our revenue. So the one thing that we can do is find more channel partners. And you asked where we find those. In the early days, we found them in the yellow page space, in the newspaper space. But more and more, we're finding them in the radio and the television space as disruption continues to happen across the entire spectrum of media. But in addition to that, the people that have been working at media companies, especially in North America, there have been massive shifts in that industry. And they have left to start their own independent digital agencies. And they, they have become a challenge for those media organizations that they didn't even see coming. 
Because what happened was, if you were selling a newspaper ad, you had to invest a lot of money to start a newspaper. But if you want to sell digital marketing solutions, technology is cheap, way cheaper than it is to buy a printing press and to deploy a bunch of people to write stories. And so you can see that those massive media organizations had all this infrastructure that was needed to develop their product that they were selling, which was an advertising marketing product. And technology has come along and completely disrupted that and made it really simple for Kimberly, if she's tired of working for the Miami Herald, to just phone up a company like Vendasta, subscribe to their platform, and go out and sell the exact same thing she's been selling with the media company. So when you talk to CEOs of large media organizations and you ask them who their biggest competitor was, and it's not just in North America, because recently I was in South Africa working with a partner, and the chief revenue officer and I were out having dinner one night, and I said, who's your biggest competitor? And he said, I got a guy. So when they're calling on a customer, the customer is saying, no, I got a guy that looks after that digital marketing for me. And uh, so, you know, it's it's a really interesting space because of the disruption that's happening. And uh, as you know me, I'm going about Mach 8 with my hair on fire all the time. So I, I enjoy the challenge because it's an ever-changing um, ecosystem that, we're, that we are uh, playing in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, th- that's really great, George. And I, l- I like the the guy, okay, <laughs> because it is a disruptive environment right now, and um, a lot of people are playing here. But I guess that goes back to my one qu- quick question I have before the break. So, when you're out there with these channel partners, um, you know, are you? Uh, is it just partnering with anybody, or is it okay? I'm going to partner with the guy, or there's a certain criteria that you look at. Well. Uh, you know, my thing is, is I, I want to partner with the person that has actually put the effort in to make the sales call and super serve the customer. So right. I, I don't, you know, I don't care if it's one person. Mm-hmm. I would prefer if it was an organization with 100 people. But we also know that most of those large organizations with 100 people, there usually is 25 or 30 that are actually selling and the rest mm-hmm. of them are just dead weight. So, right. you know, my, my thing is, let's let's remove the people that we're looking for partners for a moment. What I focus on on a day-to-day basis is how do we deliver for those customers that those partners are serving and then cast a wide net and figure out what sort of effort we need to put in for the various uh, cohorts. So for the large organizations, if they prove themselves and they want to go out and they want to be dedicated, I'll give them 110%. Um, mm-hmm. Usually that comes with associated costs and they're prepared to pay that. If there is an individual, a single individual that wants to go out and be successful, we've come up with a scalable model using webinars, using uh, pre-recorded videos, uh, and the ability to, to be trained at your own pace to be able to deliver those solutions. So depending upon the annual contract value of the partner, you can decide how much resources you need to place against that organization to make them successful. Okay, great. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit more. We're going to take a, a quick break, George. When we come back, I want to talk about you, you know, what you do with your partners, how you manage them, how you get them so that, that everybody's successful. So it is a win-win. And we'll chat. We'll talk about that when we get back. But we're going to take a quick break. And we're speaking with George Leith, the Chief Revenue 
new officer at Vendasta, a leading white label software platform that provides a full suite of marketing and sales solutions to companies who sell to small and medium businesses. George is also the president of JW Leith Company, a sought after public speaker, and he's a very early riser and the host of Conquer Local Podcast. And I urge our listeners to please listen into it. A great Great podcast about the disruption in digital and about how sales is changing. George can be reached at Twitter on GeoLeith and on Twitter at Conquer Local and at Vendasta. His LinkedIn is under George Leith, and the websites to go to are Vendasta.com, that's V E D A S T A.com, and Conquer Local. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, CEO, and leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The robots are coming. The robots are coming. Actually, they're already here. Digital technology just keeps on moving forward at a faster pace. And as human beings, we need to know what's next. Join host Dave Gerber for Preparing for Robots. We take an inside look at AI, robots, and new technology to better prepare you for the future. If you're concerned about your future value and the impact of all things digital on business, You need to listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we're talking with George Leith, Chief Revenue Officer at Vendasta, a leading white label software platform that provides full suite of marketing and sales solutions to companies who sell to small and medium businesses. 
Bandasa has also been named as the place 130 in the Branham 300, which is a list of the fastest growing information and communication technology companies in Canada. And George, before the break, we started talking a little bit about um, Vendasta and how you're getting your growth and how you're using channel partnerships as sales. And I want to I want to take that a little bit deeper because when you're dealing with so many partners like that, okay, and and um, you mentioned one partner that had you know 26 offices, and you're dealing with a lot of partners. How do you manage that, and how do you ensure that the partners are are getting what they need to deliver to the end customer? Well, it, it is a massive challenge, and, and the larger you get, scaling an organization is, you know, the key. Um, and you need to have technology to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, we, we are on Skype right now. Um, you know, I can list off Zoom, Google Meet, we can talk about join.me, we can talk about GoToMeeting. Um, you know, all of those pieces of technology are probably familiar to your listeners because it's, it's something that we use today, just like we used to use a Panasonic fax machine back in the day. Um, you know, managing those partnerships is having the right technology and then also setting out the stage from the very beginning with that organization as to what their expectations are and what their need is. And, um, you know, I, I've got a bit of a saying when I'm working with our sales team, I, I really do believe I probably could sell anything to anyone once. Um, but that isn't the challenge uh, today. The challenge is to find a repeat customer that trusts you and wants to be involved in a partnership with you and that will share their needs and their challenges and their problems so you can find a way to solve those problems with the product or service that you build or that you manufacture or that you partner with. So it's, you know, it's getting that trust and being able to show that partner um, case studies and solutions as to how you solved the problem in the past. Now, if it's a brand new problem that you're trying to find a, a, a solution on, then maybe we do a pilot to see. We, you know, we then we rely upon our experience and we say, you know, we've kind of dealt with this problem and that problem. This looks similar to that. Let's do a pilot and see if we're able to solve that. So, you know, the partnership model isn't the binary sale of the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and early 2000s of let's go out and hammer the deal and get it across the line. A partnership is truly understanding the needs of the customer and then building a level of trust with that customer so that you will be able to maneuver your product into their stack or into their organization for the greatest amount of success. Because what we really want is the renewal Mm-hmm. And we want to achieve some sort of a level of monthly recurring revenue because binary sales, it's super hard. And, you know, you have to constantly be out uh, bringing in those new prospects and just hammering through the binary sales. And if you're not able to deliver on the products or services, then you could just be swapped out and disrupted at any time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that that's absolutely true, George, and I've seen that a thousand times. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this as we talk, and we're talking about, you know, um, we talked a little bit about being removed and, and, and when you're, you're selling a solution and then your partner is bringing that to the end customer who is benefiting from that solution. So how, how are you then getting feedback from your partner? Um, because the win is really, as you said, getting renewed. It's that end SMB at the end of the, the, 
channel there that needs the solutions, but is being sold from from your partner. So where's the training, the feedback? How does that fit into everything? Well, we've we've come up with a very unique way of dealing with that. Uh, maybe it's not unique, but it was unique inside a software company. And, and that's why I arrived six years ago. I'm not a software guy. I'm a media sales guy that uh, pounded the pavement with the one-sheeter and, and the, you know, the concert tickets as a perk to give to my radio customers. <laughs> but what we found was we were delivering a software solution to an SMB who was very intimidated by technology, and they're having a hard enough time spending time on their own craft. So I give you an example. I have a friend. His name is Jeff. He's a dentist. And Jeff just wants to do his dental work because that's what pays the bills. He can then bill out his time to his patient. What Jeff doesn't want to be bogged down in, and he was telling me here recently, is he's spending 30 to 40% of his time doing his craft, which is being a dentist, and he's spending 60% of his time managing the renovation of their new building and figuring out what new technology he needs to put in place to run the business. So if you look at these SMBs, what they really want to do is to come up with scalable ways to help them spend more time doing the things that they love to do inside their organization. So we took on a services division, and that services division, we also offer white-labeled, and it's it's sometimes human-based, and sometimes we're able to automate some of it, but it allows us to have a communication level with that end customer. Plus, Mm -hmm. we've set up customer three pounds around our various products and solutions. And we have these stakeholders that we invite into the sessions where we're developing the latest iteration of the software and we get that direct feedback from the customer. So we've come up with a couple different ways to navigate that channel partner problem. And mm-hmm. when I talk to other sales organizations and it doesn't have to be in, in software, it can be in medical, it can be in manufacturing, it can be in media, they have told me the same thing, is that you know by building some sort of an advisory panel where you have direct customer feedback, you're able to make sure that the solution you're delivering really is solving those needs. Mm-hmm. And, and that is, the, and as a technology company, you're, you're, you're looking at what's available in technology that you have to try to to solve that and to try to reach that end customer. And let me ask you this. Um, so how is technology changing the face of sales today? Because it, it, it you know, as you said, you build, you build these new departments to help reach the end customer. The customer wants to, you know, do their own thing. The plumber, the plumber, the bakery, the bakery. Um, and so your sales process is changing. And how is technology affecting that? Well, you know, the one thing that technology is helping us to do is to be very close to the customer. And, uh, you know, by doing some sort of a screen share where you can get visuals in front of that customer without having to drive out and knock on the doors and, you know, them not have time to see you or, you know, blow you off and and not want to come to the call and all those kinds of things. So we're using technology to help get more contacts with people. But in addition to that, um, there's an enormous amount of data and, you know, we're drowning in data, but we're starving for analysis. Um, <laughs> if you're able to analyze that data and put it in front of the customer and say, Mr. Ms. Customer, this thing that you bought from me, here's the way that it performed and here's the money that it put in the till for you. Mm-hmm. You will continue to get that customer all day long. You know, at, in, interesting model in the United States, there's a company called Cisco that does food service Um, You know, they sell chicken breasts to restaurants Mm -hmm. and they sell rubber gloves and they sell brooms and dustpans. 
they partnered with a with an agency to sell digital marketing services to those restaurants. And, and I thought, oh, well, this must be some sort of a monetary reason that they did that. You know why they did it? They knew that if those restaurants did a better job in their marketing, that they would buy more chicken breasts and brooms <laughs> and rubber gloves. <laughs> That's an example of a partnership that was created between two organizations. There really isn't any money changing hands, but you can bet that there's a lot more money in the till at Cisco because they recognize the need that that customer had. Mm-hmm. And and that's a great example of, of what I consider thinking out of the box in partnerships, okay? Because it's not always about directly about the that channel partner who might be selling for you, but it's also about the development of products and services or or other areas to help you increase or grow business. So do you find in in your partnerships, is it really important that these partnerships also help you find the development of new products and services along with you hand in hand listen we we used to call this networking 30 years ago ago. you know partnerships are really the key to doing business and and have been for a long time developing a partnership with someone and whether they're giving you a check at the end of the month or a credit card payment at the end of the month or an apple pay payment or all they're doing is remembering you and what you offer and they come across someone that has a need and they say, you know, you should call my friend George. He's got a solution that, that will work for you. You know, th- that's why partnerships are so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and George, let me ask you this question because you have, a, you have partnerships all over the world. Okay, you just mentioned South Africa. So, I mean, we, we're in a, we live in a global economy and, uh, you know, does this make the logistics of these partnerships a little bit more difficult when somebody's sitting on one side of the world and somebody on the other side, or does it make it actually more important to have partnerships when that happens? I think that your your skill set needs to change a little bit when you're when you're working globally. Um, I you know I, I've had the great fortune in the last six years to do a lot of traveling and to meet a lot of different people in a, in a lot of different situations and and uh, geographic locations and. What I found is there's one common thread that if you treat that person the way that you would like to be treated, you're able to forge a, a bond and a partnership at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think that you do need to embrace some technology. You can't just get on a plane and fly all over the bloody world. It, your body just <laughs> won't take it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of coming off of two weeks of travel um, and, and I've never had jet lag like I had last Monday. Um, maybe it's because of the amount that I've been traveling starting to hit me. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. But, you know, what, what I've found is, is there's some tips and tricks along the way that can make you more effective, not just at the travel, but make you more effective at the communication. You mentioned getting, I get up quite early in the morning. This morning it was 20 after 3 our time. Um, but I, I have customers that are in Europe and South Africa and I need mm-hmm. to communicate with those folks. So I go to bed at seven o'clock and, and, you know, you do what you have to do to be able to communicate. And if you have to wake up in the middle of the night, you do that too. Um, that if you're going to run a global company, that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are so many, and are you seeing with, with the, the change into a global economy, there's so many part, opportunities for partnerships now. And sometimes I see companies, I mean, you're in Saskatoon, okay, you know, somebody in Saskatoon might not really think out of the box to think, oh, wow, I could actually have a partner um, in South Africa. I mean, you have done that, okay. Uh, but to, for the leaders listening, would you have any tips on, you know, 
global partnerships, okay? You know, should we be all thinking out of the box or should we be just focusing in our own backyard right now? Well, it, it really depends upon what your what your goal is and where you want to mm-hmm. be in three or five years. We, we've got a big, hairy, audacious goal that we're going after. And, uh, you know, part of that is to be a global company. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if those goals align, um, one of the tips that I would like to tell you is you've got, you have to adapt to the customer. So it's no different than dealing in your mm-hmm. own backyard. You have to adapt to the customer and you have to learn and you have to do your homework. You can't go into the call or to the partnership meeting and not have done. So really, it's not really a tip. It's just a reminder that all of the same factors that play when you are working in your um, own backyard, you need to accelerate those and maybe double down on those tactics to make sure that you're doing the right research, you're learning about the marketplace, you're identifying the opportunity, you're being a student of the of the person that's across the table from you or across the screen share, you're asking a lot of questions, um, you know, and, and all of those things. Maybe you need to enhance some of those skills a little bit. Um, I, I have found that, um, you know, there is this perception that, you know, Americans are, you just got to get to the business and move on and they don't want to create relationships. So that's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've ran across people in Europe that are like that. Let's just get down to business. And I, you know, so it, I, I think that there are a lot of uh, stereotypes that exist. And, um, and, you know, like everybody in New York is rude. No, that's absolutely <laughs> not true. Some of my best friends are in New York and they're fantastic, lovely people that would welcome somebody that was in need into their home at any time to help them. So I... <laughs> I think that you really have to be careful that you don't let preconceived notions and prejudice uh, keep yeah. you from what might be an enormous opportunity. Because if you solve one problem in one area, geographic area, it's actually quite easy to take that and to pivot that solution and make it work in the local market of another geographical area. So we're in the middle of that right now. And uh, actually in the city that you were sitting in, there's a gentleman that has been working on a pilot with our platform. Um, and, you know, we're working on the, the language piece where we have to take it from English and put it into Czech. But outside of that, there are absolute, it's a, it's a complete slam dunk to take mm-hmm. that and to move it over. So rather than go out and build something brand new and solve some new problem, why don't we just take the problem we've already been solving for 10 years and move it into other jurisdictions? So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we um, have been doing a lot of work around that. And I'm not saying that it came easily. It's been a lot of trial and error to get to this point. But I believe beyond a shadow of the doubt, if you can solve a problem in one jurisdiction, there's a very good chance you could be solving it in another. That's that's great and um, great advice and great tip, George. So, George, we're going we're gonna to take another uh, break. And um, when we come back... I'd like to talk about a different kind of partnership that I know you did, a partnership where you did with the uh, local search association in uh, the United States, which focused on SMBs. And I'd like to hear a little bit about that. And um, for our listeners, we are talking to George Leith. And George is the chief revenue officer at Vendasta, a leading white label software platform that provides a full suite of marketing and sales solutions to companies who sell small and medium businesses. George is also the president of JGW Leith Company, a sought after, he's a sought after public seeker, as he said, an early riser. I mean, 320, I think I was just going to bed, George, but, uh, and the host of Conquer Local podcast. George can be reached at Geo Leith and at Conquer Local and at Vedesta on Twitter. And he's on LinkedIn under George Leith. 
And you can go to the websites to learn about Vendasta under Vendasta, and that's V-E-N-D-A-S-T-A.com, and listen to his broadcasts under ConquerLocal.com. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership trainer and business expert. You can contact me with comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And with that, we're going to take a very short break, and we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we're talking with George Leith, Chief Revenue Officer at Vendasta, a leading white label software platform that provides a full suite of marketing and sales solutions to companies who sell small and medium businesses. George is also the president of GW Leith Company. He's a sought after public speaker and the host of Conquer Local Podcast. Now, we've been talking about partnerships and sales and their direct relationship to partners and sales and the changing face of sales. And George has given us a lot of tips up to now. Thank you, George. 
But I want to talk about a different kind of partnership because we've been talking about uh, channel partnerships uh, that lead to sales, but there are also partnerships where you partner with maybe um, other nonprofit associations or institutes um, to provide information. And you had a partnership or have a partnership with the local search association in the United States, and you did a study and came up with it's called the Full Stack Tech First Futures, and then you authored, Vendesta authored a report titled Why Your Clients Turn. Can you tell us um, a little bit about, first about the partnership with LSA, Local Search Association, and then a little bit about this research? You know, uh, Charlie Laughlin, a great guy, a good friend. We've met him over the years. Um, he is the, is the catalyst behind this. Um, and, uh, you know, we met him at the LSA convention uh, two years ago, and we started discussing, you know, we've had a partnership with that organization for quite some time. We started discussing that maybe we should look at, at doing something that we could uh, co-author and uh, send out to their membership to help those organizations understand why they were facing the churn that they were facing. And, you know, you, in, the, in the previous uh, area where I've talked about the binary sale, there's been, a lot of, there's been a lot of conversations inside with sales experts around what's happened is we've had people that carried a bag, a briefcase into a place, and they made a sale. And now we need more motions in order to continue to keep that customer. Well, the same thing is true for our clients in the digital marketing spaces. They, they can't just have one motion. They have to have a number of different motions. And, and what we call that is the local marketing stack. And it's just a way to explain this complex universe. I coined a phrase, bloody well wish I would have trademarked it, um, about six years ago when I started doing my speaking uh, tours. And part, there's two parts of the speaking that I do. One is a media organization will bring me in and they'll invite in 100 local business people and I'll basically stand up there and scare the crap out of them for 45 <laughs> minutes about all the things that they could do in digital marketing. And then we step forward with the local marketing stack and we say, here's the things that you could do to solve these problems. Um, and what I, what I call that is um, the virtual doorway. And mm -hmm. every business has a virtual doorway. It happens to live online. And we don't walk through it every day. So we don't pay a lot of attention to it. But when our customers are looking for us, they go to a virtual doorway. So just recently, um, my partner and I, Nancy, went on a two-week holiday. We were spending some time in Thailand. And we're staying at the Hilton and we went online to look and see in Thailand what would be a good restaurant to go have some seafood. And we found a place uh, and they hadn't claimed their Google My Business. Well, that's ah. a line for me right out of the gate mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to claim that information. You want to make sure you're presenting the proper information to that potential customer. But when I looked at all the other seafood restaurants in Phuket, Thailand, none of them had claimed their Google My Business either. So we had to, we had to take a shot. And, and we went with the one that had the best reviews. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it turned out it was fantastic. It was a beautiful lobster and a nice family that owned the restaurant. It wasn't the cleanest place, but, you know, it, it, was, a, it was an authentic meal. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was the virtual doorway of that business that brought us there. But the interesting fact was they hadn't claimed their listings, but yet people were still leaving reviews on that virtual doorway. <laughs> so, you know, the, the local marketing stack is a way of explaining the challenges that local businesses have. So we came up with this phrase, virtual doorway, local marketing stack, 
And then a very bright young lady who you and I know very well at our organization called Jackie Cook. Um, She's our chief strategy officer. She took her team and did a bunch of research. And we have over a million businesses around the world on the Vendasta platform. And she went to the research on those million businesses' virtual doorways. And she said, show me the reasons why these businesses churn. And that became this case study that we released at Vendasticon in Banff, Alberta, Canada last year. And it has now been picked up by the local search association through our partnership and amplified to their audience. And, you know, thank you to uh, Cinda, who has amplified this churn study as well. It's been posted on the Conquer Local channel, mm-hmm. my, my LinkedIn channel. And, you know, we've had tens of thousands of downloads. But here's what it says. The data shows us beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you sell one thing to a client in digital marketing, they have a far greater chance of leaving you after a period of 90 days. If you add other solutions, you are able to develop a better relationship with the client. So I'm sitting here going, okay, that's a kind of professor of the obvious. Um, If you were selling more things to a business, it would make you stickier. But it's interesting how many people didn't consider that. They they were still focused on that world of the binary sale. We either got Mm -hmm. the sale or we didn't. Not the fact that maybe there are things that we can do to continue the relationship with that customer and to layer on other products and services. So Mm -hmm. that's the the result of this study. And the reason why it has been picked up, and I believe that this study has been very impactful to the revenue that we've generated in the last six months since Vendasticon, is it's, it answers a very big question that our customers have. And it also was presented through an authoritative organization like the Local Search Association. So we mm-hmm. left that partnership and their reach to put authority against the study that we had done, and then also to reach a new audience that we may not have had uh, contact information for to build out our database so we can continue to nurture those leads. Mm-hmm. So in this, George, just to, to, for our listeners to understand, I think that's a really interesting point so that if you only sell them one thing, then you're going to have a higher churn. Do you think... Do you think this is the nature of the old sales habits or the nature of social media not showing results? Or or did, did you guys, uh, f- um, in the white paper, did you talk about that at all? Um, it's happening, so we see it. So, you know, um, let's, address, let's address that. There, there are yeah. very key, key findings in this study. Mm-hmm. We find the need of those customers in using needs-based selling and providing relevant solution increases your retention by 30%. Mm-hmm. Upselling has the highest impact on the lifetime of your clients. So I don't know if I like that word because you upsell like, oh, you're trying to upsell me. It's like, no, what I'm trying to do is you still have problems that need to be solved and I have solutions that can solve them. Mm-hmm. Now, inside, inside sales organizations, we talk about upsell all the time. But what I call it is finding further needs. And maybe what you have found is the unconsidered need that the client didn't even know that they needed. But it will, if you can impact their revenue by solving that problem, then again, why would I leave? I, you're, you're solving another problem. Now, here's, here's what old sales was like. I would go get the upsell because I needed to reach my budget. Mm-hmm. Or I would go get the upsell because my sales manager gave me shit because I didn't hit my number last week. Yeah. Or I would go get the upsell because my wife wants to buy a new car. (laughs) 
Right? Okay. So yes, all exactly. This, all the reasoning behind the upsell was totally based on my needs and the needs of the organization I was representing at the time, which usually was radio or the newspaper business, not mm-hmm. picking on those organizations. Mm-hmm. But what, what the shift to needs-based selling and providing relevant solutions that solve the problems of the customer is you're totally putting what the customer needs ahead of your own, and hopefully you have the solutions to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Absolutely. Is there is there anything else that I mean? This is fascinating. You know, and, and like you said, it's when you start to talk about it, it's kind of the keen sense of the obvious. Um, but we we get so caught up, and as you said, focusing on ourselves that maybe we overlook this. Is there anything else that came out of the study that um, maybe surprised you or said, "Well, I knew that. Now I'm seeing it in writing." Um, anything else? Well, again, another. Another piece of the binary sale that still yeah. haunts us to this day is we make the sale and we worry about it later. And we yeah. found that proper onboarding is the key to retention. The sooner the client engages with the thing that you sold them and use it, the better chance you have to sell them more of them. And mm-hmm. I remember this uh, as plain as day. I was in my early days of selling radio. My uh, sales manager's name was Dennis Dick. And uh, Dennis... Um, brought me into his office and he said, look at these three customers bought 300 spots from you a year ago and they got 280 left. You're going to have to go burn those spots. What he was saying was, is how can I sell them 300 more because I didn't do my job for 11 months, making sure that they were using those commercials. I can't sell them anymore if they still have 280 of them. I didn't really do my job. Mm -hmm. So what happened was I got them to run 20 out of the gate I didn't really properly onboard them saying, I'm going to be back in 30 days. We'll find out how the 20 worked. And then I'm going to run another 20 or maybe even 40 if it worked really well. And we'll come up with some new creative and come up with a new campaign that will move that new car that you have on your lot. You know, so I learned very early that if you don't get adoption from the thing that you're selling to the customer, you don't have a hope of getting them on a resell. You don't have Mm -hmm. a hope of getting them on an upsell or a renewal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, it comes back to that whole binary sale thing that still haunts yep. us to this day. Yep. And great, great results from this test. And uh, for our listeners uh, from this uh, study, um, uh, we, we I know you can get the study on the Cinda website, the local search association website, and uh, uh, where else can you try to get some more information on the right. study, George? If you just go to vendasta.com and go to our blog, you can search client churn study. Okay. And, you know, there there has to be a hundred thousand articles inside our blog that can help okay. organizations. This is this is the most downloaded piece of content yep. that we have ever had, and um, you know, it's when, as you read through it. But you know, I I've uh, I'm trying to lose twenty five pounds right now, and uh, it's pretty obvious how you do that too. You just stop putting crap in your body and you work out. So yep. you know. Professor of the obvious um, happens <laughs> in lots of places, not just in uh, in marketing for businesses. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're getting get towards the end of our, our show, um, George, and it's been so great to have you again. But in closing, I have, we have a lot of leaders listening. And if you had just one tip to the leaders listening about partnerships, what would that tip be? Make sure that you devote time to developing partnerships. Don't let the whirlwind of your day and of your of your career or your life take you away from remembering that you know building those partnerships is the key to growth. Okay. 
That's perfect. And thank you once again. And for our listeners, we've been th- talking to George Leith. He's the Chief Revenue Officer at Vendasta, a leading white-label software platform that provides a full suite of marketing and sales solutions to companies who sell to small and medium businesses. Vendasta was named as one of the top growing technology companies in Canada and something that George, uh, congratulations once again to you and your team. Thank you. And, um, it's been so great to have you. George is also the president of GW Leith company, a sought, and he's a sought after public speaker and the host of conquer local podcast. Please listen to his podcast. It's great. I've listened to it quite a few times. You can reach George at geo Leith. Um, and at Conquer Local and at Vendasta, all on Twitter. He's on LinkedIn under George Leith and as L-E-I-T-H. And you can also go to the website at Vendasta, Vendasta.com. You can download this study and you can listen to the study. I'm sure you have a, sec- sec- a segment on this on ConquerLocal.com. So George, just for our listeners also, George will be speaking at the local search summit in Dubrovnik, Croatia on October 14th to 17th. So please come see him speak. Also, Brendan King, CEO of Vendasa, will also be speaking at this conference, along with a great line of search, digital, and technology companies and experts. If you're interested in exploring a partnership with Vendasta, please reach out to them, or you can come join the Cinda conference and meet them in person. You can register under www.cinda.com or on Eventbrite. Cinda is one of the fastest growing search and information associations, nonprofit or associations in Europe. And you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders, and Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. We do executive coaching for women. We provide leadership training, systemic team coaching, coaching certification, motivational speaking, and more. If you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me an email at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. Like us on Facebook, go to Twitter under Kimberly J. Lewis, and please reach out to me. And once again, George, thank you so much. And then you and I will see each other in just three weeks in beautiful Croatia. And I hope some of our listeners may come try to meet you in person there. Okay? Well, we're very much looking forward to it, Kimberly, and it's always been a pleasure, and I appreciate your uh, your radio show. I'm a frequent listener. Um, you know, you've had some great guests, and, and it is definitely part of my ongoing learning program that, I, that I've adopted, so I, I appreciate the work you're doing. Yeah, thank you, and have a great trip from Fastacoon, and see you in Croatia. And for our <laughs> listeners, tune in next week or download, download us on iTunes and on Google Play. Thank you, and... Have a great week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.